0: No Hope, the podcast, because you lost your talent boner.
1: Hello, and we're back Woo-hoo! with No Hope, the podcast. I'm Tim O'Miller, and I'm Scott Schneider. And we have our special, special guest, guest. Miss Shanna Sharp, returning for our second collaboration and creation episode. Hi, Shanna. Hi,
2: guys. Thanks for having me Hi. back. Thanks, thanks for
1: being here. Thanks for I, coming Aww. back.
2: It, was, a, it <laughs> I was. I didn't run away.
1: It was so fun to uh, to we, relive some of those. Oh my god! I oh feel
0: like. I mean, I know we went a little long on the last episode, but like, I feel like we were still editing a lot on the dose conversation. I feel like we could have. We could. We
2: touched the surface. Oh yeah, like oh, we could have gone surface. much deeper.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so were, that, that'll
2: be for the. It'll have its own spin-off podcast. Totally. Dose the musical. <laughs> What I'd like to forget.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Exactly. We
3: didn't even
1: mention the very first read through. Do you remember when one of our one of our leading actresses, the other leading actress, was well, how many hours late? Three hours late. Yeah. I
0: I was actually thinking it, but then I was like, "Oh, I should be nice and not and not."
2: Well, that's what I was referring to. Is some cast members were just like (laughs) showing up wasted, like right, like we're just. And there was, like, a hunger strike. Everyone lost weight during that film. Like, Like
0: I'm saying, like...
2: it, was existing on vodka and pills. That's basically was the diet of every cast member yes, during that show. Like we were and, all, and maybe like a slice of turkey. We
0: were all like deeply affected. Um I remember there was like one cast member that I basically wouldn't speak to by the end of the production and would like force Tim to like have all communication. Uh because I was, was just it like, the
2: one that was kicking me I, under the I table. Do I, so. was, I do
0: believe so. I do believe so. I was oh. done with a capital oh D. I was just god. like it's oh so my god god this is exhausting um i thought i was a diva after the production found (laughs) them much less exhausting it was you became friends didn't you shanna and i think you guys did too i
2: i actually helped that person get an apartment in my building and Mm -hmm. then yeah we became friends after that and then like it was weird because like maybe it was a year after months after like that person actually apologized Oh for being wow! Such an, an I think I
0: hat. remember that yeah, and I remember having yeah. a much more positive experience too. After yeah. again, I think it was just dose the musical.
1: It was a yeah. lot. It was a lot for <laughs> all of lot, us.
2: <laughs> a lot of feel, feel, a lot of feel.
1: Well, you you also recognize that like all of us knew each other, even though we didn't know you like. It wasn't like we we knew you for years and years, which we did know. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, David uh, yeah. and and John knew Lauren for years. Well, and Casey too. He, he and Casey, of course. Yeah, 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 right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he was, you know, coming into that situation where it's such a tight knit group of people mm-hmm. has to be a really fucking hard thing to do, yeah. which which we have forced people to do many times. Um, at, when we're working together, interestingly enough, over in the years. Fairness, but
2: in we're a pretty welcoming group.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know? yeah. We are. And, we I, are, we and are. I will
2: say, when I met you guys, it was kind of like I felt that instant. You know, sometimes people you meet and you're just like, oh... These these are like my people. I know these people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, absolutely.
2: And it, I think that speaks to a lot of people that meet you feel that way. Yeah, so I think, I think that person was just having their time of the month. Totally. I and exactly. I think
0: <laughs> I think it was yes, there was definitely no wall whatsoever with Tim and I when we first met you, as per yeah. your your yes. story of your <laughs> yes. quote unquote audition. <laughs> the PG version. Yes. The yeah. PG version of that audition.
1: In oh case you're God. just joining us, by yeah. the way, we are No Hope Productions. We are Tim
0: Omiller. Oh, who am I? Scott, I'm, I'm Scott Schneider, and we ra- write musicals. We, we and write other musicals.
1: Things. We produce stuff. We write songs. We work with uh, incredibly talented people. We've not, we're not sure why they they agree to it, but they do. And Miss Shanna Sharp is one of those people. And Aww. she's with us today to talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff we've worked on together and also to talk about some of her own work. Uh, before we get to that, oh, and I'll also talk about a musical that she doesn't like because yes. uh, on the last episode, we talked about a musical that she loves, which was Into the Woods. Um, um,
0: I'm we excited. have a couple... I'm excited about because um, isn't it fun to talk about things that you hate, Channa? Like I don't know. It's she something. said it was hard. Yeah, it was. It's hard it's, for me to because I'm like you. It was. It's hard for me to find the musicals that I dislike because they are far fewer than musicals that I love. But it's kind of fun to just like rip into something.
2: Oh, yeah, and I think if you've ever put together a production, you know the work that goes into it, no matter how crappy it turns out. And so, there's a certain part of me as an artist, like I feel bad bashing when I know the process was so they just did the best they could do. <laughs> to- <laughs> you
1: know? Totally, That's that is something that we we kind of like in the earlier episodes we had that kind of disclaimer, like even yeah. though we're going to be really frank about our opinions, we it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that we lack respect for what people are doing and how yeah exactly what effort and time and i mean it is a it is a gargantuan task to do to to even you know the little musical that we did with five people on stage I oh mean, my look god at yeah. how much that took how much money it took toting things i mean it was just it's so much it's crazy so yeah. many
0: logistical moving parts and like you said that was like a very 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 small production uh, comparatively yeah. speaking um i'm sorry
1: that i interrupted you tim you were keeping the train on the on the track that's okay and- that's okay i want i want to talk about just a few little tiny rewind things which are i think would be fun to to talk with Shanna about because um, Scott a few weeks ago shared Jesus Christ Superstar was one of his favorite musicals of all time, nice. and we I I, w- I had this thing about Ted Neely, and I was like I feel like Ted Neely um, has has used well I don't mean used I mean it's uh, Jesus Christ Superstar was has been the defining role of his life, and I and I we were trying to figure out if that was kind of true and if he was still doing it, and yes and no. I mean he he he's like 7 he's like 72 I think I read. Yeah. Oh, um wow. he has remained a performer and a recording artist for the entirety of his career which has largely as I said been defined by his role as Jesus. However, he actually recorded an album with his band before he started his stage career which began by being cast in both the New York and LA productions of Hair as Claude.
2: Hmm.
1: Really, Ted Neely started oh. out as Claude. Yeah, and that's how the director Tom O'Horgan directed both Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. That's how he found found him. He was originally up for the role of Judas because he was more interested in that role as, as a as a role that was like you know uh, obviously very different than what people's expectations or ideas about that that man or figure are but then here we go down the role as he reprised the role of Jesus in the late 70s again in the 90s in 2006 in 2009 in 2010 and then in Italy and other countries in Europe went on a tour in 2014 um so yes he has been playing jesus literally all of uh, like all of his adult life which i thought was is pretty fascinating and some of those
0: really hard yeah i'm like
1: that's so impressive if he still has those notes
0: he can still uh,
2: everything
1: i read was like he can still sing those fucking notes and he's you know 72 years old um and another just like odd little bit of trivia he had a cameo in django unchained
3: what yeah
1: that's right I was like i I mean I don't remember him because I don't think I would even know what he looked like but I'm pretty sure he still has that long hair I think he's always kept his Jesus hair <laughs> um so I'm really curious now to go back to that movie and and uh, figure out where he was in that film but
0: um,
2: searching frame by frame like, yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: like
0: how did that happen the director somebody must have been like a, I know, a somebody super had Tarantino fan. must yeah. have yeah. been a
1: jesus fan like,
0: yeah exactly
2: rent yeah. was due um so <laughs> exactly. this is my this is my <laughs> question to you shanna
1: <laughs> this is my yeah. random question for you we were trying to figure out do you pronounce this is a topic jump arthur lawrence or arthur lawrence do you have any idea
2: I, I, as far as the, I'm from Alabama, so I definitely don't say things correctly. So I don't know why you're asking me these questions. All right. Um, I would say Lawrence, but I mean, again, I say things like insurance and umbrella. So
0: do you say, do you say roof or roof?
2: I say roof. I'm not a dog. Um, I remember but, right, my
0: grandmother had like a weird, like Kentucky accent and she'd say stuff like roof. And, um, my well, my mom says wash. Tuesday.
2: Oh, wa- oh my mother says warsh. Oh, yeah, she
0: warsh. said warsh. Yeah, My grandmother
2: warsh. said
3: warsh. She yeah. said warsh. warsh. Yeah. That's
2: some Midwest Southern stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My father yeah. says Monday, Tuesday, Ooh. Wednesday. And instead of measure, he says measure.
0: Measure?
2: Me- I'm going to go measure something.
0: I can't even Tuesday. do the vowels on that one. Me- yep. Me- yep. Me- me- yep. Me- measure. Measure. <laughs> measure.
2: No, it's <laughs> not Jewish. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, oh okay, I have one
1: more fun thing about Avita. <laughs> okay. uh, we were talking about the character of Che. Mm-hmm. A, a little shout back to Mandy Patinkin. Mm-hmm. So, Che, Rice created the character. This is so this is so ridiculous, and, and oh Scott, God. it will only help cement your dislike I, of oh the show. God, I trashed the show. So, Rice created the character Che to serve as a narrator and Greek chorus. Right, obviously. obviously. Mm-hmm. Although he had recently discovered Che Guevara was Argentine, he did not necessarily intend that the character be based upon him. Despite inserting specific biographical details into the lyrics that clearly apply to Guevara, when Harold Prince later became involved with the project, he insisted that the actors portraying Che should use Guevara as a role model. And in the 1996 film adaptation, the character returned to his more anonymous roots. So it it is they they wanted to have it both ways, yeah. Um, Which is which is interesting and also annoying. Reads is confusing still. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. And then we were also just randomly talking about Tori Amos, which I thought was um, oh, because no, not randomly. She was 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 considered for the role of Miss Honey in the Matilda film. What? Yeah, I read that. Like the '90s film in the '90s. And so we were trying to figure out when she, like, came, you know, out with Little Earthquakes. And it was released in January of 92. Oh. And it was released in the UK, not in the US, in the beginning.
2: And that was because her first one was Why Can't Tori Read? Yes. Yeah. Special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, I was a huge Tori Amos fan. That was, like, such a big influence. Huge. Huge. I dyed my hair red. Yeah. Did you really? um oh, oh yeah my first Tori Amos concert I dyed my hair red for it
0: Oh my god that's amazing well, I was, was like, your, I have
2: to go with my red What I, was
1: your first Tori
0: concert Yeah I was like when did you see her
2: Um it was at Fox Theater in Atlanta Georgia so I was I was in high school so it was 95 96 mm-hmm. maybe? Okay
0: I think I might have been um, in college, but um, but she does so much touring that I told Tim when we talked about her. I think, uh-huh. I think I've think i easily seen her between 10 and 15 times live. Yeah. Like, it's, it was that low. I,
2: I didn't, I didn't like, I got introduced to her because I originally was, uh, you know, Sarah McLachlan's Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, mm. right? I was obsessed with that album. Mm-hmm. And a theater teacher in high school was like, you know, if you like Sarah McLachlan, you really should be listening to Tori Amos. And this was like when I was maybe like 15. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I, I went to the local, like, college bookstore and got my, you know, little Earthquakes, um, you know, album. And the, I'll, I'll tell you, the first listen to it, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I listened to it again and again and again and again. And then I was obsessed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, from there learned about, you know, it was like Kate. Then someone was like, oh, you should know Kate Bush. Right, was like, yep. You know, and then people are like, "Oh, you should know Joni Mitchell. You should know all these. People. You know, yep. like this expansive, you know, female singers going back. Yeah, the Lage. Awesome
0: They they definitely set yeah. you on the right path. I would say yeah. in yeah. that sense. I recently bought the vinyl for uh, for uh, Little Earthquakes because oh, so, that was so such a seminal album. Great yeah. album to have. Cause, yeah, because they like vinyl. just reissued it or something uh, in the last couple of years yeah good times yeah, I had a
2: giant poster over my bed of like Tori Amos yeah. on the piano like one of those you know larger than life and, spe- uh, and, sp- you know. and
0: speaking of uh piano bars that's how she got her start like when she like because I, I feel like either I've written a bunch written a bunch of articles or a bio or something but mm-hmm. but yeah she got her start just like yeah playing in like piano bars and that's how yeah. she like worked up her chops a little bit and like live performance ability which is I feel like true for a lot of uh successful singer songwriters like uh it's definitely
2: a, like the green berets of singers I, I feel like, you know, <laughs> it's you know it's it's hard it's yeah. tough you know you you either have the audience or you don't you know it's, yeah yeah
1: like, it the, requires, and, it, and also it requires fucking endurance i totally. mean you work mm-hmm. so long
2: like yeah.
0: uh elton john locally,
2: energy wise yeah
0: elton john and his biography that's how he got his start uh in uh Ben Folds 5 you know Ben Folds from Ben that Folds 5 me. He yeah. uh also got his start like in like a cover band and then he has like this hilarious story about how he worked as like a one man this like one man polka band at like <laughs> at like a restaurant like it was just him and like a synthesizer and you know he had like a costume on and, and oh anyway my God, that's so crazy. it's like yeah I was like yeah, I, th- I feel like rarely out, out of the gate as an artist, like maybe now in like a YouTube era, but rarely is somebody just, you know, of an older generation just like went from like, oh, I'm going to write a song to be like playing out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I actually we saw Binfolds 5 came to our college and they were performing at like a little tiny outdoor, like a, this was like before they were huge, huge, mm. right? Um, but I just remember thinking they were so awesome. Yeah. It was like right around the time that Brick was on the radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I
0: remember that song was yeah. huge I, when I was, I was I in college. Song. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Shannon,
3: yeah. yeah. um, anyway. let's mm-hmm. talk
1: about, um, let's talk about like the creative process for you. Like yeah. we, we, um, we talked a little bit when we spoke with busy a couple of episodes ago and Scott and I both talked about like, what do you, what's the most important thing when you know, you want to write, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's the question. Is there a difference between like when you just get an idea and you sort of need to sit down and do it? Or is there a time when you're like, okay, I've got three songs. I need nine. So I'm going to sit down and focus on writing a song. What 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 are the things that need to be in place for you? Like what's your routine to get into a creative headspace for yourself?
2: Yeah. So I think for me, it's really important to have uh, usually to be alone. I do a lot of my writing alone, or I have to feel as if there's no one around me. Definitely, um, so definitely, yeah, because I think it's 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 hard enough to quiet the critic in your own head when you're being creative, and then to add to the mix someone else in the room. Not that they're saying anything or doing anything, but like it just adds to the critic in your own head because then you not only worry about your own criticisms, but like what are their criticisms? And, you know, and I think as artists, we naturally have low self-worth. That's why we need to put things out into the world
3: (laughs) to be accepted. Um, Uh,
2: (laughs) There's a reason, you know, but um, uh, yeah, so I think that's one thing. I think as far as, you know, when I really schedule to sit down and work, that's really when there is a deadline involved. So I like to just work when I am moved to work because I, sure. I think, you know, that, that's, that's the, you know, the most uh, pleasing way to work for sure. Um, and I've definitely done things where, you know, I've been in public where something hits me and I'm like, I've got to get this down. Like I remember once uh, there's a song I have called Raining in Rome and I was literally walking in the streets in, in Rome and Italy and the, the song came to me it was raining and i i like accosted someone for a pen and paper on the street you know and like literally like wrote down the lyrics of the song cuz they just were kind of flowing out I I think it's important that you give yourself the space and time, no matter where you are to capture those moments, because when they flow like that, it's a re- it's really this kind of amazing, magical thing that happens. And I don't even know where it's coming from half the time, but it's like this purging of thought and emotion and feeling. And, you know, and I'll, I'll look back and read what I wrote and I'm like, holy crap, that was good. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> like, you know, it's like when you're just kind of, it, I, I equate it to like, you know, how runners talk about when they get in that zone and they no longer feel like the road they're just kind of like in this zen state of running right and i feel like that with writing sometimes you just get into this flow where it's just it's just coming out and everything's there and and you look back at it you know and then you know once you have your i think there's a creative brain and there's an editing brain and the two should not mix right mm-hmm. so you have to give yourself a space in which you feel safe to just regurgitate, get everything out, you know, and not judge it, put it. And I, and I, I work really hard to not judge the songs as I'm writing them. Um, because when I do that, the song never gets done.
3: Yep, you know, I have a lot of
2: half finished songs yep. for that reason. Yep. Um, I think it's really I, important not to share it with others until you get it to a place where you feel like, you know, you want to continue and be careful about who you share it with absolutely um, respect the person you know,'s opinion and feel like they're going to be constructive as opposed to just you know wow that really sucked
1: how, how often would you say the 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 flow comes like it did in rome and you you know what is the percentage of that compared to sort of like i need to sit down and i have a deadline and i need to fucking write something like where where does that land for you
2: I, I mean, I tend to write by flow a lot more than by deadline. Um, but that's also because, you know, I'm making my own schedule. It's when I've been writing for other things and other projects when I've had to, you know, really sit down and, and, and it's not, it's not so much that I'm like, I can't stop until this is done, but it's about, I think it's about saying, okay. I need to give myself a couple of hours. And if something comes out in those couple of hours, great. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to judge that. But I'm going to allow these two hours to be me just sitting with my instrument and a pen and paper and just see what comes out. And some, so sometimes when I do – so it's still a creative flow process. It's just right, with right. structure. Does that right. make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. That does make sense.
2: Yeah, so I think I think it is important to especially, you know, now in life where, you know, you get to a point where there's so many responsibilities and there's so many things that you have to do just to survive, right? And you know we live in America where it's like work, 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 right? Yeah, It's not like a reality? like work, 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 work
3: or something. Yeah.
2: You know that's that's all of us, right? And especially living in New York City. I mean, you know, when I moved to New York City in '99, and the cost of living is just insane, right? It's a completely different story. So you have to really, you really have to. There's so much of your time is filled with things you have to do out of necessity of living. So it's important that. I carve out that time. I may not be productive creatively in that time, but I give myself the time to say, okay, I need an hour alone. I need 30 minutes alone. Usually it's at least an hour. And I'll write something. I won't. Sometimes I'm just into playing cover songs. Like I just think of songs that I like and I play them. And that's that's enough that time. And right, then other times right. I'm inspired to write. But the The as far as like the you know, walking on the street, things happening like that, it it happens when it happens. And usually it's in states of calm, you know. So a lot of times, you know, if I'm in a I write a lot of songs about in foreign countries because when I've been in foreign countries, I'm not working. Right. Yeah. You
0: have far less of those every day. Like you said, like just New New York City hustle. Got to make the rent type problems. yeah Yes. Exactly,
2: mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and if it's not if it's not work, it's you know, family, it's life. You know, yeah. totally,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: So, um, I try to give myself. Uh, that's actually something I'm trying to work on more is that balance of really giving myself some time to allow myself not to think about all the chatter, you know, and all the things that I have to get the the constant to do list of life.
1: Right. Yeah. There's One of the so- things that I do is I I almost. I almost always have to have the apartment in a fairly tidy or clean state because if I don't, then I get distracted by, oh, I should be cleaning or I should be doing that. So that's something that I do as a ritual. I'm like, and I try to start it the night before I know I'm going to write so that Mm -hmm. the night of I can just, okay, everything is fine. And now I can go sit down and I can focus on that and not think about the apartment's a mess, and I, you know, why am I not taking care of it? Just like just
2: stupid shit person. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you're bees. right. I, I uh, you know, I'm I'm able. You're I am i able you are i i am able to be more creative in a clean and organized space. Yeah. yeah. Which is Which, funny because artists get such a bad rap for being disorganized and you know, but I but I actually think that's not the case per se, or not for all artists.
0: Oh God! Yeah, I'm like the type A neat freak opposite of that. <laughs> oh my God. There's so many things that you've said that I very much identify with. In particular, I really love what you said about the, there's, there's sort of like the creative brain and the editing brain. I feel like mm-hmm. that's very true. And, and they're yeah, both
2: it, necessary. Totally. It's it, just that we tend to let them talk at the same time. And mm-hmm. that's where we, we stunt ourselves. You know, it's like you have to allow yourself to just be creative and, and let things be shitty let things be horrible. Absolutely. Just just let it all out. And then your editing brain comes in, shut the creative brain off and really look at something objectively. So it's like taking that creative emotional, you know, side of it out, and then look at it for what it is, you know, does the structure work? Does this, you know, does this melody work? Does this lyrical line work? How, how could I rework this, you know, and then sometimes you have to, you know, convert back. But the more the more you get out from the creative brain without editing it, the more you have to work with.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that you- is like absolutely the right approach to to getting the work as good as it can be. Um, and yeah, yeah, like you said, not editing when you're creating. And like you know, every time I've set a lyric of Tim's to music, I, I yeah, I try to be like like not thinking too much when I'm creating yeah. the thing. And like every time I'll, I'll send him something um sort of with the footnote uh you know if i like it enough on the first listen with a footnote saying like and i'm gonna listen to this like tomorrow morning and because usually the next morning it's like i have like mental distance and then i'm like what was this thing and then i sort of like yeah sort of turn on the editing brain
2: yeah and I, i i should give credit um there's a producer um doug maxwell that i worked with i was lucky enough to work with and um he he, introdu- he introduced that concept to me, and I was like, "Oh, it was something that I was doing without being conscious that I was doing." Yeah, and it just made so much sense. You know, the creative and the editing brain, like how it how it works. It's
1: for for me. It was um, this writer Anne Lamott. Do you guys know about Anne Lamott?
2: Mm-mm.
1: I have oh. definitely heard of her. She she I mean, she's most known for this one book, which is called Bird by Bird, and it's about the writing process, the creative process. And unfortunately, I didn't discover it until you know, just, what, three years ago.
3: But I was just, just, you beat me to
0: it, Shanna. I literally was getting ready to verbatim say that, make the same
2: comment. If only we had done it at the same time, classic. But it was, yeah,
1: the same thing. It's like, she's like, write your shitty first drafts. Mm -hmm. Write your shitty first drafts. Don't show them to anybody. Keep them to yourself. And then when you're ready, go back and take, yeah, pull out the things that you, want and the things that you like and don't feel bad about the shitty things because there's going to be a ton of shitty things and then move on from there you know and and I feel like I honestly didn't learn that for a very long time I, I used to just did that it was so hard to quiet that voice that editing voice while I was writing and yeah, I'm so much better much at it created. now yeah yeah yeah, you know? yeah absolutely it-
2: Also, too, I will say, because I certainly had no problem sharing what ultimately was shitty, right? (laughs) So like, as I first started writing, but but the beauty of that is that I really see who really supported me and who really stuck with me because they saw something in me, in my music, in my writing, when it was early stages that they connected with and they stayed with and they still listened to and they still you know, and they've grown, they've grown with me in the music. Um, and, and so I think it really like lays out, you know, they have a concept of in music business of like, what is it? A thousand true fans. Right. And if you have a thousand true fans spend a hundred dollars on you, then you made a hundred K. Right. But really identifying who these people are that, that really support you and believe in you as an artist. And so that's kind of Sometimes it's like you can be so embarrassed like oh my god why did i ever put that song into the universe i can't believe <laughs> i sang that ever right like oh how embarrassing but then i think about who was there who was like bopping along to it who was buying my cd at that time because they believed in me right and and so i think there's a beauty in that too of even even letting your crap so, so my point being is even letting your crappy shit flow and let it be heard yeah there's there's positives and beauty to be found in that Um, that you'll see and you'll find true support I think through that
1: Could I I have have another question which I didn't even write down but I'm just curious Mm -hmm. like um, and obviously I'm sure there's a lot of these but do you have so I'm asking you about two songs one song that you've written where you can say or I guess you could say well Raining in Rome because you just you just referenced that where it just came mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. this is a, this is, it, it, it felt good right away. And it's like, it's, it, you still, you still love that song. And then on the other side of that, is there a song that took, you know, more work and more messing with that you yeah. love equally to that song?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say too, uh, I, just to give another example of something that really flowed out was a song stupid, um, that I wrote. Uh, it's on an album called Long Distance Calls from One Night Stand but it was literally like an argument it wasn't even an argument but it was like basically like this interaction I had with some guy I was we'll call it dating um, <laughs> in case grandma's listening um, and I you know was just so upset that I literally wrote the I literally wrote the whole song in one pass stupid, stupid,
3: stupid, the stupidest so stupid, stupid, the stupidest.
2: Um, like New like, I, so yeah. I love that
1: so much. I love that so much. I remember that song. I it was it, before we were, um, I, I actually went through and like was listening to like it was taking me back, like listening to some of your <laughs> like first album, like Running from Bushwick. And I was like, oh my god, I remember being at so many different say, venues, a, like, a bitter end, and, and
0: everything. Oh, like, right, yeah, yes. I used to like love going to that. that I that
2: had my place. own little Spotify K hole the other night because I was, I was someone asked. <laughs> asked me to like uh, it was a song that was going to be on this like advertisement thing for this charity event. So I was like going through all my music trying to find the right song for them. And uh so I was listening to all of it and it's it's interesting cuz I don't listen to my songs that often. And I and I had a realization. I was like god, why is that? Cuz I was listening to this music and I was like this is not bad. Like this is I get why people like say they listen to this. I understand why I get, you know, tiny little residual checks in the ma- I understand. This is good stuff. Um, but you know, I think the process of making music can be so hard and so stressful, you know, there's a, there's a clock ticking and there's a money amount going up and you're forced to be creative in that moment and make decisions. And it just feels like so much pressure that by the time you're done with the project, you're just like, Oh, okay. I don't know. It oh, yeah. Shit. I You're don't fucking know. exhausted. So, so. 100%, 100%
0: yeah. Yeah. feel that way. And like you've said, but I've had the same experience where I've gone back and listened to something and I've been like, oh. That actually wasn't good. that bad. I understand yeah. why people came to that show. Yeah, um, but
2: you couldn't funny. hear it at the time. It's weird. Totally. You know, well, because like,
0: you're just in the thick of it, and like there's oh, so heart. many moving parts. And like you said, by the end of the thing, you're just kind of like, okay. It's like one
2: big, yeah. It's like one big triggering event. You're, just like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you're
0: remembering like, like, yeah, oh my like, god, what I it what it what it took to get that venue? Yeah. Like, how hard yeah. did we have oh. to cast to get that role? Yeah. built like yeah. It becomes yeah, all, all of that once you're in the thick of it, and and yeah like you need a little distance and then you're like oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: and i think on the other side it's something that i really had to work a little bit harder for um was a song called light of day which is also from that thing and i and I only say from the same album hard. or same album okay yeah same uh, long distance long distance calls from a one night stand we usually just call it long distance calls because that's a mouthful but um it was called Light of Day, and it was the last. It almost wasn't even going to be on the album, right? So because I couldn't finish it, I just couldn't like. And and it's interesting because then it it was one of those things where I started writing it about one thing, and then kind of like I don't know, judged it, got off it, it was out of that you know particular relationship, that particular event in my life, and just had never finished it and didn't really have much more to say about it, and so then. Uh, But I still thought there was something to the song that I found, you know, poignant and really beautiful that I wanted to finish it. So I kind of went back into it. So it ended up really being about, like, usually I'm writing about a particular event, a particular time, a particular person, right? Right. Um, And this really kind of combined multiple um, uh, people and themes, but that both ultimately meant the same thing, right? Or affected me in the same way. But I'm so lazy I just stay in your way
3: All we have is to choose
2: But it ended up being something that I'm really, really proud of as a song. And I think it's really That's great.
0: And I feel like sometimes, I I don't know about you, but I feel like that can also be as satisfying as the like, oh, this just came out of me. The thing that you like worked on and had to tinker and had some life experience in between and then got it to the point that you were happy with it. It's like, oh, all of that work was like worth it you know
2: yeah yeah for sure and I, and I think that's what makes me feel like you can actually do the work, like it like it's not just luck you correct because like, sometimes when correct. it blows out of you like that you're like oh well, that was just you know i can't I can't manufacture that. I can't make well, that happen. And like again, you said, you sometimes
1: know? you're like, I don't know where that came from. Like, yeah. don't, you don't, totally. it, it, totally. it just, it really did yeah. just like zoom out of you.
2: It's like when you get angry and you just see red and you don't know what happened for the next 10 minutes, but apparently you broke up with everyone, right? Like you just <laughs> And like, they repeat delete. back things
0: that you said that you're like, I have no recollection of saying You're, that. you're
2: like, also witty as fuck, but don't know what I just <laughs> said, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: One of the, um, you have sung more, wait, wait, how am I, how, how was I going to say this? You have sung the most of our songs that we have written more than anyone else over the many, many, many years. You also recorded the, the most demos of any of our music.
2: Um, I'm one of your contract performers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting on my check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Still yeah.
1: waiting. For I'm that. kidding.
2: I'm kidding.
1: Um, but it's funny because you're talking about that flow thing. Like um, one of my favorite performances that I actually do listen to on a on a somewhat regular basis is sorry, is, dramatic is, um, pause dramatic (laughs) pause is (laughs) is ready for the change yeah and that song (gasps) was one of those songs for us like i wrote that lyric i sent it to scott i'm pretty positive that he sent it back the next day and that that was 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 it and i don't think we ever changed a word um and then when you sang it i remember and one of the things that's so amazing about the the um the live performance at the which happened at the duplex you know it was the title song for the cabaret and it was about it was like the 11th hour number you know and and you went up there and there's just this incredible uh, I mean you're there's such a fucking like precise vocalist like you have so much uh, pathos in everything you do but you also have so much fucking skill and you just like layered that thing up until that last moment when you act and you would you would sing the chorus the lot you know the the title chorus before Mm -hmm. but there was something in that last way you did it and the audience just was like like it's so it's it gives me (laughs) chills just thinking about it like every time i listen to it it gives me chills because i remember that night and i was like oh my god oh my god like it was just it was just fucking beautiful
2: that's a great song. It was, it's, it, I mean, it's a very emotional song too, you know? So it's like, it, 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 it takes, it takes a journey in and of itself, you know, even though the chorus repeats and it's the same words, but but it is a journey. Right. You know, it's about a journey
3: and right. the song
2: in and of itself, you have to kind of go through that journey. Right. It, you don't want to just blow your lot, wad on the first chord. Yeah. So, but no, I'm glad, I'm glad it came off that way. I, I really, um, I've loved, I've loved singing your songs over the years. So, oh my god, we're so in love. Ah. <laughs> um, so let's talk
1: about. I want to talk about another collaboration that we did, um, yeah. and that is. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I want to talk about the evolution music video, which we did mm-hmm. with Siren. Um, but I also just watched uh the amsterdam video which was directed by your husband which i had never seen before would you talk about that a little bit like how did you like who were those two dancers how did i rope where yeah where did that happen (laughs) did it happen in amsterdam
2: uh, no, that was filmed in Central Park. Okay, actually.
1: okay, okay. Because for some um, reason, the way it felt, it felt like it could have been in Amsterdam. Like I, I mean, never—that was the point. Okay, so, <laughs>
2: okay. There we go. <laughs> well, that's um, it worked then. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, you know, we when we were scouting locations for where we would do it, um, and that was actually choreographed by a friend of mine, um, Sam Doblick, who's a dancer, and um, we actually we had recorded. My husband and I had done. The first video was for satellite radio Um, and that was kind of like our first foray into doing a video for the the album long distance calls from one night stand it was right when it had come out Um, so we did that that video and that went really well and so then you know Sam who is a choreographer and I was like you know I have this idea I want to I want to like I love the idea of different art forms coming together Um, and at the time we had done a live dance show and it was a live dance show. It was just dancing to my album, which I was like ecstatic about. I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then from that we were like, Oh, why don't we do a music video? And so, um, Sam got these two excellent dancers and, um, uh, uh, Callan, Callan. Oh my God. Why am I blinking on his last name? Callan Berkman. He's like on Broadway. He's a very, very talented human being. I feel like an ass right now for not remembering his last name. The video, it has her name right. on it. Right, yes, and, and yes. <laughs> if you look up Amsterdam by Shannon Sharp, you'll see them. Um It was like Callan and Kalen. And Kalen was actually not originally the dancer that we had doing it. The dancer who was supposed to be doing it had injured her ankle like the night before.
3: Oh, Oof. God. Um, oh and so,
2: or like you know, a couple of days before or something. So this this other dancer that Sam knew was willing to not only step in and do it, but you know, with you know, like overnight, and was amazing. Yeah, it was wow. so amazing. Yeah. And that day when we filmed it was one of the hottest days in New York City. So those two dancers were not only like dancing their faces off, but like in the worst heat in the world. Like I had like. Those little battery operated fans, I was like fanning them down in between. Like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so oh sorry. My God. Um, yeah, but it was really, I, I, one, it took the pressure off me of having to like get like in full beat for a video, which I love.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: like, don't make me put on makeup. It's so hard. Um, But it, I also just really loved that it could tell the story. I love about that video is because I think it tells the story perfectly through yeah. the dance. Put your hand on me
3: and I'll twist you We better go we'll never leave this room Put your coat on, put your hand in mine Turn the music on and drown
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? It tells the story, which it's I love. really
1: beautiful. I lo- I, yeah. I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this before.
0: It's I also, crazy, love the, and I love your story of the the dancer stepping in. I feel like that's testament right? to like the disgusting amount of talent that exists in in New York City. Uh, it's oh just, it, it never ceases to amaze me.
2: Well, it's like people always think like you know ta- you know talent is is judged by how famous you are, right? Mm-hmm. Or how well known? And there there is just so much gradient in between. You know what oh, I mean? Like absolutely like being talented right, yes. and being famous are two completely different things. And it doesn't mean that you can't be famous and talented. Sure. But there's there's such talent, not not only in New York City. I mean, New yep. York City is overrunning with it, right? But everywhere that yeah. we don't even get to see. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and I think it's an interesting time now with so much um being able to be self-produced. Like this podcast, you know yeah. what I mean? That you can yeah put things out into the world that people can find and connect with that otherwise, you know, the major radio stations aren't playing, you know, that, you know, it's not on the WB. It's not, you know, like you can really connect to so much talent now, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just definitely as, as people who like to, you know, to put their own things out in the world, it's definitely like much, much easier yeah. than it used to be in some I respects I mean, in some yeah. respects.
2: Yeah. I think, too, the collaboration with different artists, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that goes into, you know, us working together. I think when you open yourself up and you collaborate with another artist, everyone's going to bring a little some their own little spice to the mix, you know. So it's um, I remember when I first first started, I had a hard time like letting other people sing my songs hmm. because they were so personal. personal.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
2: And uh, I had a, a, a good friend and bandmate at the time just be like, listen, uh, you know, it was August Eric I'll say, because I, I think he's super talented. So I'll mention his name. Um, he said, you know, it's, it's, you really have to figure out how much you care about the music. Cause if you really just care about the music and making great music, then let it, let it breathe. Let it live its life. Let it, let it go other places than where you thought it would because you it's never going to lose what you created, right? It can always go back to that form, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's where it started. But you can let it grow and expand and become these things that you never even imagined it to be. That can be equally as beautiful, if not more, sometimes.
0: Yeah, I feel like that that for me was like in a nutshell what you just said, the experience of, of evolution, the the creation of the song and then mm-hmm. its expansion into the recording and the video, but like the song itself, if 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 I'm allowed to mention this now, Tim. Yeah, we're we're moving yeah. on. Let's um, talk so about it. We originally <laughs> you know, we originally were putting together I don't even remember whose idea who it was, but someone someone probably does is is we were putting together together um the double bill for Joe's pub for um for Shannon's band Siren and then um Robert Merrill's band uh Kings um and they both like immensely like uh amazing bands that like were very much comp were like compliments to each other at least at least is how i feel um so yeah so we were putting together the joe's pub show and we all sort of agreed that you know primarily the two sets would be would be separate but wouldn't it be cool if we were able to also have all of these collaborative moments? So we put together a couple. Wasn't
2: songs. it so awesome? I love. It was
0: that. so awesome. Ugh. So we did like two two covers, right? Among everyone, or yeah, I? I
2: think it was like Siren collabed on one of King's songs. Mm-hmm. Kings came into one of Siren's songs, I think, and then we collabed two as a whole group of Y'all songs, right?
1: Uh, we did almost a,
0: we did That's
2: a, a cover. Right. Yeah. Oh, you we did did, yeah, you guys did cover. you guys did one.
1: You guys did one No Hope song. Uh, Kings did one No Hope song. Yeah, that's you did one cover uh, the the Bastille song, which I
0: keep. yeah,
2: right that we did together. And yeah. then yeah. you that did, did
1: Evolution, and then
0: Evolution, yeah. which was we was it was not a song that was sort of like in the can, uh, was, as as I recall. No, I think it, it was, was brand new. It was, it was brand just new. We wrote brand for that. new, and we we brought it up to all to the collectively Siren and uh, Kings and, um, my my recollection is that a lot did sort of happen in the room, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! You know, yeah, I feel absolutely. like we were like, oh, we had this idea for this bridge. We wanted to be like this Ingrid Michael song, where it's like a little bit of a round, but like all of this different singing, and like, and then all you know, everybody just you know, uh, sort of sort of pitched in, if you will. Um, well,
2: and I remember that if I'm remembering correctly, there was like, okay, like one verse was taken by Siren, one voice yeah. and mm-hmm. the verse was taken by Kings and that we both kind of separately came up with our take
3: yep, yep. on
2: the verse as a group. Because, you know, you have the song that's a singular melody line, and then you have these groups that are trios, essentially, right? So it was interesting to see both bands' takes, and then kind of melding those takes together into one. And that definitely did happen in the room for oh, yeah. sure. Here's it takes to try.
1: It's one it of the. So and, and I like Speaking of another, the, speaking of another track that I actually listened to, and it, we don't have a great audio recording from the Joe's Pub concert, unfortunately, but we have the final rehearsal, which I just recorded on my phone, I believe. So it's ooh. pretty clunky, but. I still listen to that because it is hmm. all six of you just it once it gets into it, it's just it's just so gorgeous. And I will still yeah. listen to that um that rehearsal recording.
2: Oh, you need to share that with yeah, me. I, I will. Like, like, you know I what? Like, I will share that, that with I you. I don't think I have I'll that. I'm like rude, Tim. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> I will share that with
1: you. I will share that with you. And then when we made the video, which um is now like such a It's it's I mean it was an emotional song so much more than what it was and it is now Mm -hmm. like so emotional because um, you know of of Poppy Kramer and Mm -hmm. having that the the whole thing like her starting and ending the video and having that opportunity to work with her during that time and it just feels um, yeah it definitely has like an even deeper meaning larger place in my heart.
2: And I also thought she did such great work in yes. that I mean one all of the actors in that video were a- a- amazing and I think this is a testament to your directing as well like it was just really beautiful beautiful honest true work coming through which I don't think you always see in a music video for for a song you know what I mean it was yeah. really this like almost almost theatrical you know em- emotional moments um, uh, it was just really beautiful. And I, and I think Poppy did such amazing work and I don't know if you guys talk about Poppy, but I guess, you know, she's a friend of ours that we all kind of really brought us together. Really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah. that we, we lost, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. It will be two yeah.
1: years in
0: July. Two years in July. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, now looking back on that video, I think one for her to, have that kind of highlight of her talent because she was someone that always supported other people's talent
1: so much. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I mean, she was the like, if you were in her life, she was your cheerleader. I mean, I think she surrounded herself with very talented people. You yeah. know, like I think yeah. she would say like, I'm not friends with untalented people, she, you know, <laughs>
3: totally.
2: um, like I remember she'd break up with people cause she's like, eh, not so talented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But so I think, you know, to be in her life was really like, it was like she was your unpaid yeah, manager, the, the you stink. know, You had
0: the puppy stamp of approval, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: I I thought it was such a – it becomes this beautiful tribute, too, to to her and her talent because I think, you know, she focused on others so much that she didn't always, you know, get to highlight her own talent. Yeah. You know, and she was a highly talented and intelligent and funny person, you know. Miss her, um, yeah.
1: very much miss her. And I, uh, yeah. you know, it meant so much that she loved the song. And, yeah, she and was always a big cheerleader of the I'm song. And yeah. Like, yeah, she yeah. loved the song. Yeah. She was like, You write about my, 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 my you write about, about my, my, my last my life. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it was, it was uh, the, the thing that, and just a, one more thing about this, and then we should mm-hmm. move on. But, sh- uh, th- you know, we we filmed this whole video. We had a whole cut of this video, and then we said, ah, "We might need to reshoot." Yeah, again. we
0: really and, we really put. I mean, uh, we can. <laughs> w- this is now being recorded, so we can we can apologize <laughs> to you publicly, <laughs> Shannon. Oh no, for the process of this <laughs> this video and w- what we needed to do to eventually get there. But yeah, we we shot all of this great footage like literally like I've in the subway like yeah. rogue yep. footage like in the New York oh, City yeah. subways that we like ultimately had to scrap because it wasn't like serving the overall like
2: it wasn't fitting into like the it was just like wait this doing. is yeah. like
1: two different tones completely yeah and so we reshot at that Rehearsal space in, in Brooklyn, was, yeah,
2: a, but it was like an old church or something, or old. It was a neat space. I think it, it
1: was a ch- I, think I think it think was, it was, was a church, church and
0: yeah. it definitely had that vibe. There was just like it was sort of like yeah, like wood everywhere. Um, yeah, it was a spacious. Little, like, sta- and,
2: yeah, stage and height yeah. ceiling. Yeah,
0: but it definitely yeah had had more at of the point, vibe. I love that, that you
2: guys were like we're gonna publicly apologize. Like I, not, I don't even remember being slightly even annoyed. You guys, you were, were you were all. yeah you You guys were like
0: troopers because we yeah yeah, we shot all that footage in the park and then we like went to the subway where we had scouted out a location that was all of this you know what in hindsight the subway um uh, to capturing that footage was great because i basically got to see like siren in there the normal element that i see oh, yeah, you guys we were which you are so amazing night. but you were basically yeah. like busking in we the subway and like and I, and I had very little to do i was basically i, like I, a, a couple I was like a day. pa essentially <laughs> like at that shoot and i got to like watch people walking by like freaking the fuck out oh that's like, right oh my and it god these people are like crazy like they were like yeah like and it was like the out. day
1: before you were singing at a wedding so you had also mm-hmm. learned that song from once the three of you yeah. you had you oh, were yeah. doing was, that it, song like falling happening. yeah yes. Falling, yes. Yes. falling slowly you were saying yes and uh, so we yeah. got to hear you sing that song which i love that song yeah. and we got to hear you guys sing that song like several times which was yeah. it. so like super fun god! Yes. oh my god love it love it stunning 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 gorgeous
0: that one um, always
2: did really well in the subway too, because we bust siren. We we w- were part of um, the Manhattan Underground. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Like you had to audition to like get your official mm-hmm. sign. It's Like I mean, anybody can play Underground, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I remember that song was always like we never. It was the song that you wouldn't think mm-hmm. would do well in a large crowd of people because it's kind of like a ballad. It's a little chill. Yeah. Every time, made yeah, it so much
0: but fun. it was like the arrangement, and it, it something about it definitely like made people stop and be like, "Yeah, I always felt huh? like
2: it became like this beautiful lullaby, mm-hmm. like with the three part harmonies and stuff. It was really nice, totally, yeah,
0: yeah." yeah well so now that we've been nice should we be hateful
1: oh yes, yes. let's All be right. hateful let's, let's talk let's it. hear from Ms. sharp about a musical that you would you say you hate this musical or you just don't get it or you oh, it's overrated like, what's your, or I yeah what's your what's your description just
2: say I think. I could do without it let's say that
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, if, this, if this just never existed i, I don't think
2: i'd be sad yeah. if i never knew about it um uh, which is dance with a vampire oh
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: so you actually stalled this musical? wait where did you see it
2: so okay so i was working at john's pizzeria right with the swirling uh broadway you know it was, yeah. the my waiting tables job at the time uh, or a bartending job at that time but i was working there you know it's surrounded by broadway houses so we would inevitably get you know free Free tickets to to stuff come in and be like oh come to the previews come to this come to that or just come and sit so we actually have audience members um but yeah that um that was that was a special that was i so i didn't even (laughs) realize
1: that it came here because okay i I saw dance of the vampires
2: it was two months Oh, no, like it was month. like, you blinked so, and you missed it. Oh, my God. God I remember yeah. I was
0: offered a free ticket, too, and I turned it and down. And you probably and, said no. Uh, Good I job. I did, but, like, I, uh, it's one of the, you know, I do. Probably I probably
2: like, chose wisely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still regret seeing it. I mean, I... Um, I, I want to hear more about your experience yeah. of Dance of the Vampires, but I normally take a free ticket if I think it's going to be something like really ridiculous. Like um, I took a free ticket back around that same period of time to oh. uh, Suzanne Summers one woman show on Broadway. And oh, I'm like, I tell glad. that, I was like, I tell that story <laughs> like so many times. So I feel like I kind of wish I'd seen Dance of the Vampires, but maybe not. So I want to yeah, hear. I mean, you're
2: right. I think it's good to see everything, Yeah. right? I, I think, you know, especially if, so, you know, you want to see the bad and the good so that you can recognize the good. Right? Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was. Um, I also like. It, you know, it was such a short-lived musical. I think they tried to do literally everything in one. It was like it was like hip hop dancing at one point, and then it was like oh very like Mel Brooks kind of vaudevillian kind of humor, and then you know meatloaf. I, I or not uh, Bonnie, not meatloaf. Well, but, uh, uh, it. Uh, don't Bonnie Tyler, but Thank but, you, but Tyler. Jim
1: Steinman wrote most of the music for that musical, and oh. he wrote He wrote all of Meatloaf's music, and he wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, and he wrote you know uh, is, Making Love. I do at all, which was also in that show. Is like this, this? songs
2: just didn't even blend? For no, me. like it was I mean, like they were all from different musicals. Like I just oh. didn't.
3: So
1: and you know it's based on a, a like seventy four uh, movie directed oh, by movie. Roman Polanski. Yes. yes. What?
2: Oh yes, 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 yes. Well, I, had, I do know that. Which, which was a also, comedy. Was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and has you know, um, who was who comedies. was who was the woman who was uh, murdered? Um, his wife. Oh, the
2: young the the uh, by the Roman Manson Blancy's family. Um, oh oh. Oh, I just watched this. I um, did too.
1: And I wait, can't think who, of her oh, name. Oh, uh, Sharon Tate. Sharon, Sharon Tate. Yeah. Sharon Tate is in the film. Yes. Sharon oh, Tate really? is in the huh. film. Oh. And so I saw this musical. I know we're talking about your experience, but I fucking uh-huh. saw this musical with John in Berlin in German. Oh, my God. I can't believe you both saw this. We I both didn't. saw so jealous. this musical. And so the book is in German. So you can't okay. understand a fucking thing that's going on. But it is so over the top and ridiculous that we were just like. We, you didn't need to understand. And then they would break into Total Eclipse of the Heart, which was in English, because they sang all the songs in English.
3: Then you, my love, would be darker. They'll sin, they'll sin, they'll sin. <laughs>
1: Bit and it was the most bizarre thing. And you know, that is one thing about Germans and their musical theater. That show <laughs> ran for like four years, I believe, and really? toured all over the country. It was hugely
0: successful. Because well, like, wow. like didn't like Starlight Express run for there for like Starlight decades? Express is still
1: running. Yeah. So, so
2: there. So um. wait,
1: you saw it and and you just saw it once.
2: I just thought once that was enough. Um, And well, I also had like a personal experience too, because, you know, I was bartending at John, so the cast members would come over and drink after the show, they'd have some drinks. So I had a, a tryst with one of the dancers Ooh. in the show, but I will say this: it was one night, one night only. Um, but it was it ended tragically. So I, I, oh, I, we were. Like, oh my! Where did? is this
0: story going to go? A
2: singer songwriter having a tragic romance night. Um, <laughs> no, but it was. So we we. I was bartending, and he was like, "Oh, why don't we hang out?" So I was like, "Okay, screw it, I'll hang out with you." So we ended up hanging out. We go to you know this person's house that was selling certain things, and then we uh, (laughs) left that place, and you know we're we're uh, you know on a different level somehow when we left (laughs) different um, different
0: plane of existence.
2: And then all of a sudden, it was like I was associating him and the musical Uh and how bad it was. Oh. And then I just couldn't. Oh, this couldn't was. Oh, this him. was.
0: This was after you'd seen the show. This was
2: after I'd seen it. I was like, nope, you're not talented. I can't make out with you. And he was talented. Like it was so not. It was. I was. Just, again, it wasn't about we, him,
3: we, right? Yeah, we yeah, had yeah, gone yeah. on
2: a different level. <laughs> so different things had just kind of come to me that were weird, and I remember being like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to leave. I I got to go home. I got to go home. And so like he I was very nice and took me home and I would not let him come in. I was like, no, no, no. I pretended to have roommates when I didn't. And um, so I went home and then I was still on that other level and realized I couldn't be alone on this other level. So I called some friends and I was like, where are you? I can't be alone right now. I'm like scratching the walls. And so I ended up going out to therapy. Oh my
3: and God. And then
2: somehow he found out that <gasps> I was at therapy and then what? started texting me and was like, You're at therapy? And I was like, well, How do you know? And, like, <laughs> and he's being like, I knew we shouldn't have stopped hanging out. I'll come over. I'll come oh get my you. God. I'll come, whatever. And I was like, no. Like it was and so then I was, you know, like making my friends try to hide me and it just gave me a little
0: a corner of therapy, I know, therapy like behind like five a beings.
2: bit of straight girl like of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little it was a very weird, weird a very weird weird a never saw that dancer again. But
1: could, um, Could you even tell tell little bit tell us what the plot of Dance of the
0: Vampires is. Absolutely not. Is okay.
2: Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah. Was there
0: any song other nope. than Total Eclipse of the Well, Heart yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: I think they did um, that song, I mean, the Air Supply
0: song, Making it. Love uh, Out of Nothing at All, which was uh, also written see, I don't think by I even Jim reala- Steinman. I don't think I realized it was like a bit of a jukebox musical. Was there original music as well in it? Yes. Okay. Right?
2: There was. There was like chorus numbers with vampires dancing. There was,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But is this not was this the show that Michael Crawford was in, or was that the other vampire musical?
1: That was the other vampire musical. Because I'm like, I always somehow like the other conflate musical.
0: the two, because they both were like very briefly on Broadway, um, yeah. and they were. I mean, like, I don't vampires. think there's
2: many people that dug it in the U.S. I mean, it literally no. only lasted no. a month, so I think no. that's telling. No, and you know,
1: it's so it's so funny. Like like I was saying about the Germans and their and their odd musical theater taste, because Dirty Dancing, you know, didn't even make it to New York. They they had a mm-hmm. trout in Chicago, and it just like didn't land yeah. and it is i believe well it was probably until very recently pandemic was still touring in germany dirty dancing was
2: huge
1: in germany I mean, don't um, they
2: also like david hasselhoff music so love, like maybe, they
1: love david hasselhoff yeah. so maybe the scale is set
2: in a strange place for but for me
1: suspect. i remember basically <laughs> the plot is a young couple. I mean, it's kind of like almost like Rocky Horror, if I remember right. It's like a young couple like gets lost in the woods, or their car breaks down, or something like that happens, mm-hmm. and then they stumble upon this castle, and boom, that's that's the whole plot. I don't even remember if they get so away. It's
2: basically Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah,
1: it's basically Rocky say, Horror Picture Show. Very Rocky Horror
0: esque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we I, I that's, that's what I mean.
2: It was just it was so many things all in one that I didn't know what it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if
2: that makes any sense. Like sometimes they're just they're just trying too many things. Like they at just once. didn't
0: pick a lane. It we, sounds like it was just like yeah. all over the place. They're Schneider, like, oh, you, this
2: was popular. once. do that. Oh, that was yeah. also popular. Do that. You know,
1: Schneider, you have to before Uh-oh. we record again. You have to like go listen to a couple of tracks. I'm sure there's a cast recording somewhere, right? Even if it's the German one because it's sung in English. So you
2: can oh, still I'm listen sure. To
1: it. I'm sure that
0: one. Oh, you can, can go on
2: YouTube. and yeah. Enjoy. By I was gonna means, say I'm enjoy. sure
0: although now that I've heard both of you talk about it I think I'm I don't think I'm upset that I missed it like you um,
2: two will be hiding in a corner of therapy by the end <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you lost you lost your talent boner for something. You lost uh, you, you're gonna
2: lose that talent boner.
0: <laughs> oh my god. that oh, wow. is kinda true though. I agree with you and with Poppy, because you brought this up earlier. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, that uh, it like sometimes, you know, talent or lack thereof can can play into it's true. <laughs> you know, I think talent sexual attraction. And
2: also- for me it's drive like having some sort of passion and drive for something for something right yeah like i mm. remember uh dating this guy and you know he was uh supposedly an actor i don't know but he was waiting tables like a lot of people do and i was like but like what do you what do you want to do and he's like ah, i'm not going to act and i was like okay well, what do you want to do and he's like wow you really like want me to have like direction and i was like <laughs> yeah
0: i mean
2: isn't it's shittingly. appealing it's appealing to have a passion yeah. one would think um and it's like you know who cares what it is you can be like i want to be like a turkey farmer good for you right, like right, just right. you know be passionate about something like make a choice in life and do it go mm-hmm. for it you know it's so passive otherwise like yeah. ugh, the passive existence i don't know i just
1: want to move. You know? i just want to be just want to play yeah. video games
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. boner Yeah. Um,
1: well, Shanna, um, yes. thank you Oh my God,
0: so much <gasps> On that note, thank Boner you. Killer
3: <laughs> Thank you so much
0: Shanna Boner Killer Sharp yes. <laughs> we have yes We um, have a real knack for knowing when the, when the conversation is going to close Yeah, this is um, quite we, the
3: improv, I like it
1: If you are listening, thank you for listening We encourage you to check out Shanna Sharp on wherever you get your music, whether that's Spotify or Apple or soundcloud or or amazon um go to youtube check out uh shannon sharp's video please also watch our evolution music video and uh have a little have a little hug for poppy kramer a woman that we miss very very dearly um and tune in again because we are gonna be back With more musicals we love, more musicals we hate, and more incredible people that we have worked with over the many years of having consistent flops, failures, and absolutely no commercial success whatsoever. We are No Hope, and that's it. That's all we got. Scott, you got anything to say? No,
0: I think you, you <laughs> pretty much pretty much summed it up. Um, you, but, you know it The, down the only him. thing I I'll say, the only thing I'll say though, is you know, without all of those flops and failures, like I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast because we wouldn't we wouldn't have like fun shit that we can recollect.
2: And look at the trove of people you've collected totally. with oh. all these shitty,
1: seriously, things.
2: seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm because,
3: I am applauding yeah.
2: You've really you really found the diamonds in the in the book. Oh yeah.
3: Love it.
1: <laughs> All
2: right.
3: All right.
1: Um thank until you,
0: next time. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you for having next me.
3: Guys. Time. Bye. 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 Hey.